everyone. Welcome to The Boot. That's right. It's The Boot. We're recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, we're talking about 1995's Congo starring Laura Linney, Dylan Welsh, Ernie Hudson, Grant Haslov, and Tim Curry. Kenna, did you know an ape drinks martinis? Yeah, they they share a lot of our DNA, so that makes sense. Even Amy, the child ape, was like, this world stinks. Make me a shaky drink. What is it? Green drop drink. Green drop drink, human. <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> Extra dirty. <laughs> I love Amy. I mean, I'm going to come out hot right out of the gate and say I would die for Amy the gorilla. <laughs> I'm going to come out of the gate and say I needed at least six green drop drinks for this thing. Is that animal dangerous? Humans are dangerous. Gorillas are very gentle. So you think the gorilla may be dangerous? Maybe so. Don't perpetuate a myth. What myth? The King Kong myth, the myth of the killer ape. Well, are you so certain there aren't some kind of gorillas that kill? Oh, please, doctor, you can't be serious. It's your area of expertise. Folk singing? Communications technology. So you're a geek with a cellular phone? I'm a scientist. But you and your protege, as far as I can see, belong in the circus. Where do we start? I, okay. This movie, as I told you, was the first movie I remember hating. And for years has been my least favorite movie of all time. It's the first movie that made me aware that I could be a screenwriter. So in some ways, maybe I owe this movie a little bit more than I give it credit Yeah. For. Yeah. But you love this movie. I just have of I have like warm memories of seeing this movie when I was younger. I think I just I love the novelty of of a, I love a Coco kind of gorilla, you know? The <laughs> Coco kind of yeah, gorilla. Yeah, Coco is like the real life gorilla who like signs with mm. her trainers. Mm. All right, was, well. I think she's dead now, but Guys, welcome to the boot. <laughs> Sorry, that just hit me. <laughs> what? That she's, she's dead. dead. Yeah. Oh God. That's yeah. She was old. She lived a long life. She was very smart. Oh well. Good for her. <laughs> Did she teach the other gorillas? Is this a Planet of well, the situation? I don't think she can teach the other gorillas. I think that's the pro- That's why it would never. It's something humans can teach gorillas, but, but gorillas like, they can't, can't teach necessarily each teach each other. They have their own way of communicating. Why would they need another one? This is our way of like allowing them to communicate So that they can communicate with us and be like, hey, stop burning the planet, a-holes. But no, like we have to, in the wild, it's not like. Right. But when they come across (laughs) us, they can be like, don't kill us. We can think and speak and have feelings. And then people will be like, oh, my God, that ape just talked to me. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. We just have to be evolved enough as humans to understand that animals can have thoughts and feelings. Right. But the people <laughs> who are hunting the animals with the thoughts and feelings are not the kind of people like us. Boom. I wish I had a gong like a boom. <laughs> Let's get this podcast going. Guys, welcome to The Boot, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenneth Trent, take a classic Hollywood film, talk about it as if it was to be remade today by recasting five of its main principal actors. And of course, this week is Congo, a very divisive... Divisive? Divisive movie between the two of us. Um, but before we get into that movie, uh, we got to talk about some real reboot news. Uh, just really quick. Um, I don't know. Fun fact. A little, a little reboot of a little movie called St. Elmo's Fire is now in the works as a TV series at NBC from Josh Berman and Sony Pictures Television. I love St. Elmo's Fire. I love the song St. Elmo's Fire. It's fire. 
Um, the Brat Pack. I'm a big Brat Pack guy. I don't know if you know this about me. And I, I enjoy me and Emilio. Emilio! A Rob Lowe. A, uh, I always say John Bender, but that's his character's name in Breakfast Club. Judd Nelson. A Judd Nelson. I love a, a weepy Demi Moore in, on the floor holding herself. And I've never seen St. Elmo's Fire, but I love the song St. Elmo's Fire. I can see it. so good it's so good um the movie the movie's uh it's like a mix between breakfast it's like post breakfast club with a little mix of big chill um but they're remaking it uh for nbc uh notoriously this property has been trying to get off the ground as a television show for years it's never really been cracked until now so i guess it's gonna it's gonna happen i don't really know i think nbc is nbc has kind of has been killing it in this sort of like weepy hallmarky family yeah, kind ensemble-y. of ensemble drama um every after nbc did this is us i feel like everybody was like we have to have a this is yeah us. so i think this is more like parenthood more yeah. this is us more see this sort of feels like a more sincere friends from college a show that i really enjoy mm-hmm. um so i wonder what the space is for this i wonder i mean Especially because it's, I mean, it's going to be a network drama, so yeah. it'll be very do you think, straightforward. Do you think Middle America, you know what's funny is I always imagine Middle America as like the baby boomer generation, but like, mm-hmm. I just realized that Middle America, people our age are like grandparents right now, so like. <laughs> <laughs> people, let's get one thing straight, people your age are. <laughs> oh, I am 62. <laughs> Um, no, but you know what no, I mean? Like, I was going to say, like, I yeah. don't think middle America is going to want to watch a bunch of weepy millennials, like postgrads, but I'm like, ah, maybe they will because they're, there are now, you know, millennials, you know, having families stuck watching, I don't know, NBC for some reason. They don't have Netflix or Hulu or. Yeah. I mean, it's a question I ask myself all the time. Why are you watching This Is Us when there's so many other great television shows on TV? Succession. Succession. Everyone should just be watching Succession. Watch Succession. So good. Honestly, go watch a Losa Spookies. Go oh, watch a... Oh, it's wonderful. Euphoria. Oh, I haven't seen it. But I haven't either, but people love go, it. Just go watch HBO. Why? Yeah. yeah. Cancel cancel, <laughs> cancel your cable, guys. Just watch HBO. Just go get your subscription. Subscri- get your <laughs> now who needs a train? Now who needs to start wildly just gesturing? Amy wants... Dream drop. Dream. Okay, well, let's, you know, let's move on from reality and start talking about fantasy here. Let's talk about a remake of the movie Congo, right? You ready to talk about this? Yeah, I was waiting for you to give me the proper cue so I could say, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, guys, this is a reboot of Congo. Over here, Amy. What is it? Amy wants touch. Stroke. I don't understand it. Sign it again. Pat. Push up, Peter. Pat Amy? No. What? Hey, you know what I think she wants? A- touch head. Touch head. Pat I? Amy wants Pat C? Oh, Pat C. Pat C. Yeah, there we go. Pat C? Pat C. What's, what's Pat C? I don't understand. She's getting tired. Pat C. Hey, they don't always understand me either. This movie had... Giants. There was a video game. Uh-huh. There was a Pepsi ad. It's good to see that uh, after the events of the movie, Amy moved on to mixed drinks. 
Yeah, Amy for sure. She probably who is, had who a- is a real gorilla. Um definitely didn't just stay in the Congo. I wonder what Amy's drinking these days. She's probably moved on to just like uh you Yeah, know, Congo too is uh Diet Coke and Stoli. Is Amy with her her um her signing communication device speaking into the void of gorillas being like <laughs> Amy green drop drink <laughs> and they're just like what I bet through the internet she's got a case of white claws delivered to her every month <laughs> so she's crushing her her speaking device has turned into like Amazon Alexa <laughs> where she can be like buy me she's like Alexa order me vodka vodka delivery <laughs> in two days and they just talk in robot voices <laughs> Congo, um, directed by Frank Marshall, director of such movies as Arachnophobia, Eight Below, and, fun fact, husband to Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy, who's the reason he got to make this movie. She, you know, was trying to make this book into a movie for years, and then finally Jurassic Park came out, and it was like, oh, maybe the technology can do it, and Guys, Jurassic couldn't. Park changed the game for <laughs> so it, many of these movies. But then it couldn't do it, so they went back to people in suits, but Kathleen Kennedy uh, recommended that her husband, Frank, direct this movie. It stars Laura Linney as Dr. Karen Ross, Dylan Walsh as Dr. Peter Elliott, Ernie Hudson as Captain Monroe Kelly, Grant Heslov as Richard, and Tim Curry as Herkimer Hamulka. Tremendous name. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I mentioned before, uh, this movie I hated as a kid. Upon rewatching it, I hated it, but in more specific ways. Um, I wrote this down. I bet Africa is real happy about this movie. Okay. This movie. <laughs> Just like real happy this, that this movie, movie would exists. automatically be 50% better if the general notion wasn't. Everybody keeps saying the people in Africa will kill you. The governments in Africa kill people. Africa is unstable. Like, just take all of that talk out. Mm -hmm. 50% better. There are definitely troublesome areas in Africa, but there are definitely troublesome areas in every place in the world all the time. Yes. Um, My biggest peeve with this movie is that the adventure is boring to me. It takes about 40 minutes to get to the Congo. And if this movie is supposedly about a lost city of gold, which is originally with a concept of this I mean, movie. Call it by its name. The Lost City of Zinge. <laughs> I forgot about that. I took no notes. Just I let my anger seethe. But you're right. It's called The City of Zinge. Um. You know, let's get to this story sooner. Like, why aren't we just starting? I mean, we do start in the jungle, but then we leave for an extended period of time this, to go back to the jungle. This movie should either be more fun or more serious. It sits in this weird zone where it's really not fun enough, but it's also not entirely serious. <laughs> it's Oh, the talking ape is uh, not, not too hey, fun? That's real life, okay? Amy. Good gorilla. What I'm saying is, you have Tim Curry going off with this accent. Mm -hmm. You can't make a serious movie like that. But then also, it's not quite as much of a a jaunt into like, oh, we're looking for a lost city of gold. Like, you, at first you're like, okay, this is a movie about diamond lasers. (laughs) But then there's a talking gorilla. Yeah, it, it has all these disparate threads of stories. Like it it's like like the writer tried to be like, hey, I have an idea. What if I what if I give every character a different reason for being there? Karen is there to see if her 
ex-fiance is still alive. Which I have problems yeah. with that relationship. <laughs> we'll get to it. Peter is there to release Amy back into the wild. Peter and Richard are there to release Karen, uh, Amy back into the wild. Karen back into the wild. <laughs> In some ways, Karen also is being released into the wild of dating. Um <laughs> You know, Yikes. Captain uh, Captain Kelly is there to he's like the guide. And then Herkimer is like this weird eccentric trying to find like the lost city. I think all of those things need to be more focused. And I think there needs to be more commonality between these characters. And maybe just the differences is is the perception of what this city means to them. So that like it, it just it just seems very scattershot. And then like. Who is an expert in this jungle field? Because it just seemed like Captain Kelly was the only person. Him and his men are the only people that really know what's going on. Laura Linney kind of knows what's going on. Peter's completely lost. Everyone's motivations could be much more clear cut. Yeah. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we get to the Congo and it's like the the conflict that is keeping them from actually getting to the jungle becomes mm-hmm. so much bigger mm-hmm. than what each of them is there to do. Yeah. That by the time we get there and we're like, oh, right, she's looking for this missing team of people. But like Amy's sort of having these little interludes where she's trying to figure out if she can be accepted into the jungle. Like all of this stuff is happening, but it's all like a false start. And then the island is just destroyed. <laughs> Right. Um, it's a it's a mess. It's a mess. We should just really get into it because we have to get to the to the uh, ancient gorillas at the end. Oh, the albino gorillas that yeah. are fought off by a diamond powered laser. Yes, yes. we shall. Uh, let's start with Karen. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. First of all, guys, Laura Linney has paid her dues. <laughs> she should be in more starring roles. This woman didn't have to do this, but she did. She was like thirty in this movie. It's crazy. Yeah. She hasn't aged a day. And somehow she's still, it's like this and her role in love actually is like the the American woman who has to take care of her brother, her like disabled brother. And it's just like, man, man. she can never catch a break in any, in any project she's in. So I'm confused mostly by Karen's relationship with Charlie because. Played by Bruce Campbell. Played by Bruce Campbell. Well, I was like. I didn't know he was in this movie. And then he's dead in four minutes. And I'm like, no. Apparently he auditioned to play Peter. Yeah, and they, which would have been weird. I think it would have been great. I well, think it would have been would've way been, better. It would have been better for making the movie insane. Yes. And instead, they picked this actor who was just like, hey, you remind me of Drywall. Why don't you get out there and be the main character in this <laughs> An incredibly hot take on Dylan Walsh. Ugh, stand um, but I mean, here's something that I think would help us immediately is if we knew more about their relationship. Here's what we know. They were dating, engaged. They were now engaged. they're not. Now they're not. We don't know for how long ago this happened. We don't know whose fault the engagement break was. But we know was. that she is still in love with him. Yes, and his father is the is the head of the company that employs both of them that yes. sent him to the jungle in the first place. And his father won't risk going to find out if he's yes, alive. Yes, he doesn't care about his son. This satellite is our communications cash cow. In three years, it'll be obsolete. I need a new cash machine. This diamond, this is it. Charles knew that. That's why we're down to that godforsaken place. Charles went into the Congo to please you. I know you had feelings for it. I almost married him for Christ's sake. You're going to have to go down there, Dr. Ross. What are you talking about? There is no time. Once we let on what's happened, Zaire will shut the border. By the time the investigation's over... Are you human? I'd be human later. 
You hire people when you get down there. Good people. Now, never mind. I'll have some waiting. And find out what happened to Charles. Tell me you love your son. I do. And that's why you're sending me. It is. All right. But if I have one moment, one moment when I think otherwise, I will make you sorry. That's a promise. What? It's wild. So, first of all, here's the thing. So, I decided to rewrite this movie in my mm -hmm. head. And it doesn't really, my rewrite doesn't technically affect the movie thus far. So, I'll just tell you who I picked for Karen first. Sure. I picked a Karen. <laughs> I picked Karen Gillan. That's a, that's a great pick. Whom I like because I think she will, she's so interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. And she has a very adventurous quality about her. A very, like, bright, mm -hmm. exciting personality she's been in two movies about the jungle and going back to the jungle yeah she loves the jungle um yeah i think she'd be i think she'd be great in this yeah i love karen gillen um for all the same reasons like she's weirdly like accessible to the masses which is very hard to do mm -hmm. um and i'll always root for her because uh, weirdly, I was a big fan of her ABC sitcom Selfie. Yeah, R.I.P. And John motherfucking Cho? John Cho. It suffered from the inability to advertise it correctly. Right. Anyways, that's a great pick. How do you know that Karen's a real scientist? This is my question to you. She's a doctor. Well, how do you know that? How do you know that she's like the smartest one? And I and I pinpointed it. It's because in the lab. She wears a vest. So she's ready to go. But at here's the all thing. Time. She doesn't know the password to get into the main control room. Because it's changed constantly. So she's not that high up on the No, but she on the food chain. She is the most respected one because at any minute she's ready to go into the jungle. She has a vest. Even though she's a communications expert and not a botanist. In like Texas. A biologist, <laughs> a zoologist. She has none of the credentials to be in the jungle or study anything about the jungle. Look, I uh, I like that pick. Um, I I dipping into more crazy Looney Tunes, Hobbs and Shaw esque Congo. All right. Okay. Um, eh, I'm not gonna lie. Part of me was like, what if this movie just starred The Rock and Jason Statham? <laughs> I was like, instantly more watchable. Instantly more watchable. Um, this is the thing. I, I think the structures of the movie should be pretty simple. Karen must look for her estranged fiance in the jungles of the Congo. She hires Captain Monroe Kelly as a guide who assembles a team of experts to help them get along the way. They find the lost city of gold protected by these ferocious albino apes. And then, but the movie is about them surviving in the city as long as they can. Like, we just need to get there. Anyways, so I ended up picking an actress who I really like and, um, she has a, has she done a lot of action stuff? Her husband's like a huge action star. I ended up picking Blake Lively mm -hmm. because I think she could be, oh, she, I mean, she's done all those like shark movies or she did a shark movie. <laughs> so like she, she can play tough really well. She's done a bunch of shark yeah. movies. I just liked her also as like the kind of hyper intellectual kind of cunning woman in a simple favor. My Karen would probably be a little more out of place. Like, I think she probably would be a little more communications director who's facing a very unknown element as opposed to this half. She knows exactly what, like, she, she, I don't, I just didn't know, like, I just didn't know where she stood on, like, experience in the world. It sort of seemed like she knew what was going on, but she also, like, she, she had, again, like, she had no credentials to, I don't know. It was very confusing. This, as they say, is a fork in the road. 
We could go left or we could go right. If we go the wrong way, we lose two or three days. We must follow the gorilla where she leads. That would be left. My best guess off my last coordinates was this way. There you go. That would be right. I don't have her passion. I'll follow the gorilla. So that's who I went with. Just as like a starting point is like, oh, this woman works in technology. Yeah. She's sent to the jungle. By the end, she's like a super kick-ass jungle adventurer person. That's kind of what I... By the end, she's murdering gorillas with With a laser laser. gun. That's probably... Weirdly, that's what I hated the most as a kid. And rewatching this, I was like, we need more lasers, more big diamond powered weapons. Big diamond lasers. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to Peter? Yes. Okay. Peter is such a loser. I hate (laughs) Peter. (laughs) Uh, This is personal. Yeah. I, I... we mentioned this before. I think Peter should not be a love interest for Karen. But uh, he's not. But they kind of But are. That, that never, it, it never happens. goes that's anywhere. The, that's the weird thing is we don't know how she and not that I think that she should have a love story, but they start you off on that journey because you're like, oh, she's going after her ex fiance. But then there's never a touch of like sexual chemistry between her and Peter. Because so that's not they're so antagonistic towards each other yeah. because that's the setup. It's like, oh, they're like, you know, they're contentious. So by the end, they're going to be falling to each other's arms. And then it's just like, oh, no, because Peter sucks. Dr. Ross, oh, I'm sorry I called you ugly, but if I didn't. I know it was for Amy's benefit. Can I ask you something? Sure. Why teach an ape to talk? Why teach it all? Why teach anything to anyone? Doesn't make you rich. Doesn't get you girls. Why did Prometheus steal fire only to turn around and give it away? There's an inherent generosity in the human spirit. One of its faces is the face of the teacher. I repeat, why teach an ape to talk? No practical reason. Then why'd you do it? A lonely impulse of delight. William Butler Yeats. Very good. Did it work? What do you mean? You're not lonely anymore? So I just think that just needs to... We need to nip that in the bud right then and there. Like, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> and the other thing that I that kind of bugged me is like, there's so much time for us to meet Karen, set up the stakes of why she needs to go to the jungle. And then it switches hard to Peter's storyline with Amy and who he is. And like, Karen works in this sterile lab of technology and Peter works in a trailer with like paints and like kid Mm -hmm. stuff because he's training with Amy. And then he gives a lecture at like a university and then uh, Herkimer shows up and he's like, I will pay for you to bring her to I'm from (laughs) Romania with bad accent. I am. I will pay for you to go. And then Herkimer (laughs) has no money. It's really strange. Yeah. Um, That's just a lot of time. So in my head, I was like, what if Peter was like a Jane Goodall, like, he's just already in the field. It's not about Amy returning Amy home, but is about, like, studying apes, working with apes, seeing if they can learn to communicate. And there's one ape in particular that this version of Peter, you know, meets, and he named her, whatever. It's like, and we can use the technology, it'd probably be a lot more sophisticated, yada, yada, yada. Um, But I, I kept thinking, like, if Peter is a little more Jane Goodall, that's probably best. Like a more yeah. serious scientist, more in the field. 
Let's just get to it. A little less shocked by what Africa is. And maybe not be the, like, main character that we're supposed to, like, because it sort of felt like we were supposed to attach to him like we attached to uh, Dr. Grant in Jurassic Park. Mm, which, as, like, the expert. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I picked this person. Okay. She came in my head. I was start. just like, Kristen Stewart. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Kristen Stewart. And here's the reason, though. You're turning Congo into a prestige film. No. <laughs> With every new cast First member. First of all, Kristen Stewart doesn't do a lot of prestige films. She's going to be in Charlie's Angels. All right. First and foremost, she's a blockbuster star. Snow White and the Huntsman? Come on. I mean, she's Snow White. Uh, Is she? Well, not in the sequel because she didn't want to come back. But she, there's something about like, like, let's make Peter serious in the work but she doesn't have to be serious in the idea of like this weird adventure of finding a lost city of gold like i think for Kristen stewart having her be like the one to be like hey the gorilla myth is dumb it's Mm -hmm. it's you know it perpetuates stereotypes about these animals as being vicious killers it perpetuates stereotypes of like africa being like this dangerous like savage jungle land yeah um, I'm doing serious work here. I'm out here trying to save these creatures. I'm out here, like, working with Africans to, like, you know, save or, you know, I don't know. I'm doing good things here. And then she gets swept up in the city of gold. Kristen Stewart could could play both of these weird ropes of, like, yes. oh, I guess I'm going to kill these other killer gorillas with uh, a double-barreled laser gun. Here's the story. They domesticated gorillas. You call that domesticated? They're killing a man. So they taught them to be this way. They bred them to violence. They looked for the trait and they encouraged it. Guard dogs. And they turned on their masters. What's that smell? These are all the bones of gorillas. You mean these are the- No, these are the bones of normal gorillas. This one's skull was crushed. I agree. Thank you. I don't love Kristen Stewart for this, but Mm -hmm. I agree with what you're saying. I think that there have to be more stakes between these two main characters. Yeah. There has to be a different connection. And I agree. Like, let's just put Dr. Elliot in Africa. Like, they should just already be there working with gorillas. They should know the environment. Like, it just takes us – that step is already gone of, like, they're almost, like – killed on the tarmac of like this random airport Mm -hmm. like all that's all that stuff doesn't need to be there here's what i added to the movie are you ready for this yeah which first of all i'm not going to i'm not gonna be mad at dylan walsh because dylan walsh much like um dennis quaid being an incredible actor for acting against a dragon that doesn't exist Uh dylan walsh deserves an award for petting a woman in a gorilla suit throughout (laughs) this whole movie because that's what it is i know his main acting partner is a, is a woman is in a, a gorilla suit. A, a four foot two woman in a gorilla suit. Also, I'll say this. Yes. I think Dylan Walsh it. is giving off some big Chris O'Donnell energy in this movie. I have to wildly disagree with you. I, I, I think this is a part that could have easily gone to a person like Chris O'Donnell had it been his time. But it was not his time. It was I, Dylan Walsh's time in this movie. Did not help him at all. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly... I I would say this. Yeah, you're right. Like, if Chris O'Donnell... Because here's the thing. Dylan... It's Dylan Walsh, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Dylan Walsh brings a very, like, soft, 
calm energy to this role. And that's not what this movie or this role needs. Like, this is an action-adventure movie. Yeah. He should be either, like, screaming wildly that this da- this jungle is, like, really dangerous and he hates it. Or he should be, like, kind of cool and, like, rugged. And, and it just it just didn't work for me. Like, Chris O'Donnell would be, like, kind of like a very cute boy next door who's like, I'm here to just bring this animal home hmm. and take care of you it. I think he's cute. Chris O'Donnell's a cutie. <laughs> a tootie. <laughs> With a capital 2D. Okay. Um, so here's what I did. I think that our two main doctors yes. should be sisters. Oh. Here's here's where the big change in the movie comes. I think that if we're going to add the element of clarifying Karen's relation, like her reasons for coming to the Congo, I think that the relationship that... As it lives, the relationship that brings them together is Peter is going to the Congo and she needs a way to get to the Congo. That's the way they meet. And she just takes over his like expedition. Mm -hmm. So I think it would make more sense if it's like, okay, I need a way to get into Africa and to get to where I'm going. And now I'm going to have to go talk to my estranged sister Mm. who I know can help me get to where I want to go. And I can probably convince her to like come along because she knows about wildlife but it's not going to be pretty right. cuz we're not best friends. Do you know why I like that a lot? You literally just deleted half an hour of character introduction yeah. by making them sisters. They yeah. already know each other, they have a past. I mean, it, it sisters, definitely works. To to quote to quote a a great feminist anthem, sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> So, I mean, naturally, they're sisters. You are not wrong. It a thousand percent works and is a thousand percent better than this version that we got. Plus, we get this like we already have an understanding like the new Peter like has their their Monroe that is like the person they call when they need like stuff done. Like they they already have these connections so that we're not like just meeting characters. Wow. Sorry. We're not just (laughs) just taking Taking screenshots on your computer willy-nilly. I might be replacing a character (gasps) midstream here. There's just none of that, like, weird uh, random introductions of characters where we're like, well, I guess you're a part of this journey now. Like, these characters have connections with each other and with the environment that allow us to have more natural character introductions. Yes. Um, It just just makes things easier. And it adds that level of, okay, well, naturally she's going to want to help her sister because this man that she knows that she's been pining over and that who broke up with her maybe or maybe she thinks she made a mistake because she had to break off their engagement. Like there's that emotional connection of, okay, yeah, I'm going to help you because there's just too much history and I know you too well to let you go out by yourself. Yes. Anyway, so I picked for my Peter, Riley Keough. Ooh, that's a name I, I haven't heard in a while. Love, yes, she's awesome. Of Mad Max, of mm-hmm. the girlfriend experience, of mm-hmm. Logan Lucky, and I just think she's incredible. I think she could do the more if if Karen Gillan is the more. Um, I'm a I'm a tech scientist. I think she could be more of the I am the I am the Jane Goodall of. Like, I care about these animals. I care about this environment. I care about this country. I care about those things. Like, she's just a little more in the weeds, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, That's a great pick. That's who I picked. So, whatever. She's tremendous. Yeah. She's really good. She literally, I feel like she's one of these actresses that, like, 
she could play anything. I'm and a f- we, we don't, like, see her a lot. Yeah. She was in a fucking episode of Riverdale for one episode. <laughs> she played a farmer's daughter, and it was just like, why is this? Ha- why is she here? This is a complete waste of her talent. But there she was. She was probably just like, I need, I need to buy a new car. <laughs> She's, She's like, fine. She's like Elvis's granddaughter or whatever. Yeah, really- yeah that's a great pick. Thank you. All right, let's move on to the the actual main character of this movie, or maybe <laughs> the second second build character, Captain Monroe Kelly, played yeah. by Ernie Hudson, who I thought did actually did a tremendous job. And this oh, is yeah. this is actually his like favorite character he's ever played. Yeah, which makes sense because he he gets to do all the best stuff. He's like very Indiana Jones. Karen Ross. That's me. Monroe Kelly. I'm your great white hunter for this trip, though I. Happen to be black. How bad is this news for us? Well, whenever the leadership of one of these little central African countries comes into question, they tend to just murder everybody. Oh, my God. Not really. They live for the opportunity to settle scores, and they've got a lot of scores to settle. It's like what's going on in the Congo. Things are pretty bad in the Congo right now. We heard. There's the Kaganya pissed off. Can't blame them. 20th century sucks. Maybe the 21st will be better. You know, he walks through places that most normal people don't get to. Like, you know, they get stopped by, what, was it the Sudanese police or the... the Zaire? Zaire, yeah. Like, the airport... First of all, as... I guess it's racist. As as problematic as the airport scene was... The way they treat Africa on the whole is racist. Yes. But I I did enjoy that. Like, just make it a fake country. Just make it a fake... Yeah. Like... Eh country i don't know but i love which the idea is something that we're like, a little better at now yeah. just like creating go- cre- if you want to create a problematic government create a new country right like this is us tipping into the craziness of what this movie could have been like the idea that like everything around them is like literally tipping into a political revolution and they're like welcome to africa let's go find that city <laughs> and then it's like the car blows up and joey pants arrives he's like we gotta go blah, blah, blah. like that's fun but it, it sits in this place where it's like, oh, this is a real world place with real world problems. And you're just sort of like assuming that this at is At many what it points, is. they're like, sort of like poking fun at it. Because you yeah. meet like Delroy Lindo's character and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Are, are you for real? Because this cannot be the standard with which we're working. Right. All right. Who'd you pick? Um, oh, it's my turn. Yes. Um, first of all, I would like to say that <laughs> it was about to be a good joke. Are you ready? Mm hmm. Ernie Hudson ain't afraid of no gorillas. Thank you. Insert clapping sounds. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. At this point in the night, at this point of the record, the humor must defeat the heat that we are sitting in. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. This is more of like a, this you. is more like an, an 80, 82 degree weather joke. It's currently 102. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, like and subscribe if you thought that was funny. Yeah. First of all, um, Ernie Hudson is afraid of gorillas because <laughs> when uh, Peter comes across the like silverback uh-huh. and they're like, don't move. That was actually a funny bit. Don't move. I know. If you run. He'll chase me. I know. I've read the books.
You did good. Where'd you go? I ran away. Who'd you pick? So I picked an actor who I think, honestly, I think what I like about him is I feel like he could really take things either way. Mm -hmm. Like if we needed him to be a little bit of comic relief, I think he's got that in him. But if Mm -hmm. we needed him to just straight up be like the know-how guy, he's got this. But I think he would just be more of like her team and less of this like other entity who's just like, I know everyone. I can get you anything. Um, I picked Brian Tyree Henry. Mm, Okay. Yes. Okay. So he, um, he's weirdly my favorite because I haven't seen a lot of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I loved him in Widows. He's great. He's in great Widows. in Widows, and he's Miles Miles Morales's dad in Spider Man Into sure. the Spider Verse. Also, I don't know how many people saw Child's Play, which I know it's. Did that come out already? Yeah, like um, um two months what? ago. It was honestly a very, very enjoyable watch, and mm-hmm. I thought he was great in it because I sort of expected him to play it a little, like, wackier, and he's such a sincere character. Yeah. I liked him. I it's, think he's really great. It's an interesting cast uh, choice, and I really like him. I don't know if I love the idea of – so you're saying he's, like, he's not, like, the suave world explorer? He's just, like, part of – He's just like Karen's team. I think he could definitely be the know-how guy, just a little more straightforward and a little less like because there's something larger than life about Ernie Hudson. And I'm not mm. mad about it, but I'm also just like, mm. see, because I think he could play that same kind of larger than life character. And I would actually I mean, I would enjoy him either. I would enjoy him either way. <laughs> <laughs> I would enjoy okay. seeing him play this role either way. Mm-hmm. But like. I think I'm just reacting because Captain Kelly was really the only joy I had in this movie. Oh, okay. And to strip that out a little bit was just kind of a bummer. But I, I see where you're doing, and I and it, and so far I'm all right with it. Okay. Um, Thanks I, for being okay with my decisions. <laughs> yeah, you're doing an okay job. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep you on a little bit longer. I would burn this podcast to the ground <laughs> before I'd let you kick me off. Uh, well, we were about to burn to the ground because it's 900 degrees. Okay, who would you pick? <laughs> I said, fuck it. I went for the obvious choice because this is the thing. This movie, it seemed like this was supposed to be a franchise. And Captain Kelly is definitely how the franchise keeps going. Whether it's a lost city of gold or a river of ghosts or whatever cool. Huh, you're a writer. <laughs> I am a writer. <laughs> just said a river of ghosts i'm just saying whatever like indiana jones <laughs> and the river of, of ghosts okay first <laughs> of all you of all people you more than any person i know in the world would watch a movie about a river of ghosts i mean right? that's 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 not what up what's up for i can't speak that's not what what is up for debate okay yeah i would go see indiana jones and the river of ghosts but it's insane okay yeah but people, like, if I say Congo, colon, the river of ghosts, you're going to be like, I know what this movie's about. It's about Captain Monroe <laughs> Kelly and a team of weirdos being lost in some river of ghosts. Anyways, um, <laughs> I picked Idris Elba. I picked the obvious choice. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious, but it's good. Because Yeah, I mean, you can't be James Bond. You can be Captain Monroe Kelly. I mean, he could be James Bond. He should be James Bond. They just Bond. won't let him. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. I uh, I wrote for in case you don't know who Id- Idris Elba was or is uh, he DJed Coachella so that's something that uh, we can put on his resume. 
I was really overjoyed to find out because he is a DJ as well, mm-hmm. that he has a song and a remix on the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack. Oh, that's great. Let's Plug all, that music. Let's also not forget that he is still developing this hunchback. Well, maybe not now because the the cathedral burned. Oh, they'll be fine. But also Disney is doing the live action version. Maybe that yeah, but it's, flew it's, them out of the water. No, it's 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 op- it's open property, so anyone could do it. We could make a Notre Dame movie. It'd be fine. Oh, is the book um It's open it's public domain. Public domain, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, fuck it. You know I would make that movie. And let's also use the music of Idris DJ Idris Elba. <laughs> Um, which would be hilarious because it's very, it's, if it was the hunchback, but it's all like Caribbean, uh, <laughs> dance hall. <laughs> okay. Let's move on um, to Richard. Uh, the probably more useless character than, than Peter. Yeah. Richard almost ruins it for everyone in that I, van. I, I was s- like, get it together, bro. I still maintain that we probably should have cast an actor to do the mocap for Amy. Well, I mean, it's, it is an art form. Yes. Uh, it would be Andy Serkis. No, he's, he, we got to retire him from, from, from monkeying around. No, thank you. Apes aren't monkeys. <laughs> but it sounded better. Yes. And also, he's been an ape in three Planet of the Apes. Yeah, movies. he loves it. Yeah. But have it's him his just bread and butter. Have him teach a, a whole new generation of mocap actors. Name two other mocap actors. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, not like famous people who have done who have done a mocap. That's not the question. Two different mocap actors. Yeah, who would be like a protege of Andy Serkis? I mean, at this point, Mark Ruffalo is kind of a mocap actor. I regret asking this question. Um, let's talk about Richard, the guy who comes along for the ride, completely doesn't want to be on the ride, and ultimately dies on the ride. Yeah. Um, which a death that I had to rewatch four times because I kept looking at my computer <laughs> as he like just as he died, and you went and I'm like, you how did he up? die? <laughs> and I had to rewatch. I'm like, okay, he's walking through the woods. He's walking through the woods, and then I look up and he's bloody and screaming. I'm like, what? Ha- what the fuck happened? Well, I, I mean, literally looked away for ten seconds. You get the gist, you know? Yeah, but like visually, I wanted to see how it played out, and then when I finally saw it, I was just like, this is so fucking stupid. Okay, anyways, um. This is a great moment for comic relief. I feel like Grant Hesloff, who I really enjoy in all of the other movies that he's in, particularly... Shit, I had it. I had it up. <laughs> I said, truly, what What uh, do you know him from? I know him from... Oh, Catch Me If You Can. What? Oh, 1989. That's not right. Um, True Lies. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Yes. The movie he did directly before this one. Yes. Um, this is, anyways, I needed more comic relief. Dante's Peak. Yes. Uh, I needed more comedy in this. I picked Thomas Middleditch just because I think it's a different energy. It's a pretty standard. Yeah. Just like a nervous sidekick energy. Yeah. To Peter. You know, Kristen Stewart being a more serious one, Middle Ditch being just as smart, but just kind of like the neurotic uh, Silicon Valley kind of guy. A Romanian philanthropist? Herkom or Hamalka? Something's voodoo. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I don't know. Richard, I don't think it's penetrated. We're taking Amy home. Get packed. Jungle. Me. Jungle. She's really excited. You excited? Me? I'm terrified. Jungle. Safari? I don't even like picnics. 
Little Ditch is also in this summer's Godzilla King of Monsters, if anyone saw that movie. Because it's become such a thing now in these, like, big action movies to mm-hmm. cast, like, a little, like, comedy so, guy. Yeah, it's to like, be oh, like, Jake Johnson and Lauren Lapkus yeah. are in Jurassic World. Why? Hmm. Who's turn is it? It's your turn. Okay, cool. So, for my Richard, I did not go as... I did not go necessarily with comic relief. I think this guy is funny, but I felt like Richard was... I wanted Richard to be... I just want everybody to be connected. That's what's going to heal the world, honestly. <laughs> so, Tom Hanks. So I figured Richard would be more like new Peter's partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe romantic interest. Because mm-hmm. why not? Let's give the second built character a, a, a B love story. That's the kind of world I live in. Um, so I picked for my Richard, Ben Feldman. Whom I love. Mm. He's also in Silicon Valley, right? Yes. He's in Superstore. He's in Mad Men. Truly, yes. Mad Men. Truly so many movies that I was like, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, there you are. Uh, You're everywhere. He was in, I was rewatching Cloverfield literally yesterday and I was like, he's in Cloverfield. Cloverfield? Yeah. He like shows up with what's his face is like ex-girlfriend at the beginning of the movie. From A to Z. I love Ben Feldman. I think he is cute, funny, interesting. Mm-hmm. I always love it when he shows up. I Any excuse I can get to plug the movie as above, so below that I'm sure you saw a preview for and was like, this is a stupid horror movie. Freaking wrong. It's great. And he's in it. Hmm. I think he's wonderful. And I think he would be a great addition, maybe a little like sarcasm, but ultimately would be maybe more of a because we don't like richard dies and we're like oh well hmm. oh well but like let's give him something let's say you know he's with new peter and we just have a little bit more of a a feeling toward him we're more like yeah like you guys are a partnership and we like you and so we have a connection so that when he dies because People have to die. Yeah, I really like him. I really loved his character in Mad Men, and like his last episode is so fucking crazy that you're like, oh, oh yeah. my god. Um, I he's someone who I've always tried to find a place for, and I'm always just like, I don't, I don't know where I can put you, but yeah, this I feel like this is a great, great spot for him. Where, sorry, who was your Peter again? Uh, Riley Keough. Oh right. Oh yeah, that would work. Totally would work. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Amy's like their daughter. <laughs> Daughter want green drop. <laughs> double drop. Double drop. Uh, okay, let's get to Tim Curry's Herkimer Hamulka. I'll say this. Truly, Tim Curry in Congo walked so John Voight and Anaconda could run. <laughs> Same energy. Uh, yeah, he is one of the best character actors. I mean, is he really a character actor? Or is he just Tim Curry doing an accent? Like, he's just really, he's really um, charismatic. Anytime yes. he just comes on screen, you're just like, oh, thank God. Tim Curry's here. We're going to be okay <laughs> as long as he's on screen. The thing that bugged me about his character, though, is that, like, his his drive to find the city of Zinj is completely lost for so long. Yes, and that's what this movie really needs to be about. And um, and his fervor by the time we get there, and he's the one who's like, you idiots, <laughs> we're in Zinge. This is what I've been talking about. Like, by the time we get there, we're like, oh, well, this is a completely new part of the story that we didn't know about. Yeah. 
it's just too late to start his right. for for a reveal that starts the next portion of the story. He's the messenger. He's like the bringer of doom. He he's he knows everything about like the creepy traps and the history and the and the mythology and the dark magic like the only thing he's really given, he's like, look, the ring, it's the same eye as the ring. And yeah, I'm I found like, an eye. As a young man, I found a book in Soviet Georgia. It contained a detailed drawing of the city of Zinj. The drawing contained a peculiar decoration, an open eye. Later, on safari, I found this. It's the same symbol. Now, look at this. The gorilla drew this. It is the same image. It is the open eye. What you? Who'd you pick? Wait, it was turn? a little. It was a little like the the ride, the Indiana Jones ride. Yeah, because it's the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. That's yeah. what I thought every time he and was like, "It's the same eye." I was and like, they were only in the city for the like the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. Yeah. They're only in the city for like half an hour. I'm like, this whole thing should be like an escape from New York situation. Like, So the movie starts in the lost city of Zinj. By the end of act one, we should be at the gates of Zinj. And the rest of the movie is them realizing that the city is a booby trap. And the gorillas are mm. everywhere. And they have to somehow find a thing to get a thing. And then when they go into some rooms, they have three pieces and they have to put them in the right order so it makes the shoe? shrine of the silver monkey, uh -huh. and then you get to go through. But some rooms you go into, there are temple guards, and they'll catch you, and then you have oh, to give up your coins. And then Emperor's <laughs> new groove. This is, is the Nickelodeon game show. Oh yeah, um, Legends what? of the Hidden oh, Temple. Yeah. Assemble the statue correctly and really pay attention, because right now you're all three pieces, whatever. But so many ten-year-olds try and put the middle part on as the bottom, or make the head the butt. I saw a kid get frustrated in this room and he pissed everywhere. Um, I think you're up. Okay. Um, so for my, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that I need this character to be in this movie. It would be interesting if he lived up to what they <coughs> introduce him as, which is the financier yeah. of this journey. Um, Who runs out of money before they even leave. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't understand because I think they're trying to introduce this idea that like he's a con man, but I don't think that's necessary. I don't know. I really am not sure we need this character, but uh, and also this accent is insane. Yeah, um, it's very. We learned one thing from the Chernobyl podcast: it's, it's that it's incredibly hard to do a Russian accent, and so sometimes you just have to make Russians English, whatever. Um, so I picked Peter Stormare because. Mm. I read this article because at first I was like, find a real like Eastern European actor, do it. But then I read this article that was like from a Russian online magazine that was like Hollywood celebrities who have done a Russian accent and nailed it. And what they're talking about for him, because he's played Russian a lot, but they draw a lot of attention to John Wick. And I was like, that's a little insane. <laughs> but if they approve, I'm going for it. Yeah, that's a great pick. As a guy who's, you know, always sort of in these, like, action movies as, like, side characters, creepy kind of, like, villains, like, he's in The Big Lebowski, he's in Jurassic Park, The Lost World, mm -hmm. um, he fills a role where you're just like, this guy's kind of shady, I don't really trust him, but he also 
because he's like Eastern European, you believe the tales of like <laughs> Baba Yaga, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. And he's always fucking awesome to watch on screen. Like that's the same kind of uh, charismatic uh, energy uh, presence, you mm-hmm. know, that Tim Curry has. So I think that's a great pick. Yeah. Um, I picked an actor who I don't think many people know his name, but he has a face that people are like, oh, yeah, I remember him being like a weird bad guy in things. And it's funny that you mentioned Pacific Rim Uprising because I picked an actor I've been trying to pick for a long time. I picked Bern Gorman, who's uh, one of the scientists with Charlie Day in Pacific Rim. Uh, he's oh, also. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's also a bad guy in Turn. AMC's revolutionary spy television show. He is just like a very creepy. He's in Game of Thrones. He is in Game of Thrones. He's very creepy. I mean, he's he has a very interesting look that when played like villainous can be really creepy. Not that Mm -hmm. Herkimer is a villain, but it is like he here's the thing. Here's first of all, why isn't Herkimer just Karen's boss? Like that just seems really more. it, It seems like they introduced this. Half a villain in the beginning, and then he's just gone for the whole movie. Well, it's difficult to pinpoint his, like, I don't necessarily think he could be her boss, because then it would be like this whole, like, he's built this whole empire to get to To Zinge. Zinge. I know, but it was just something like, that crossed my mind. It's it really like, difficult to find a place to put his uh, motivation. Right. Well, I kept thinking, like, I, what I liked about him is that this character could be possibly, like, a greedy, self-interested character. Like, you know, lost all his money, finding the place. Maybe he's trying to get there so he can become rich again. Maybe there's something there where he can, like, prove to the other one percenters that, like, he was right or that, like, whatever mm-hmm. treasures down there will make him the richest man in the world. Like, bragging rights, yada, yada, yada. I am helping that young scientist return his ward to the wild. He says the ape may be able to tell us the thoughts of the wild gorillas. Yes, well, I can tell you your thoughts, Hatamar. You're looking for King Solomon's diamonds, a lost city of Zinj. I've given it up. Oh, you'll never give it up. Maybe there's a spooky power that he wants to rule the world with. Like, either way, without that, the city just becomes complete bullshit. And it's just a place that they just end up going to that has killer albino apes. Yeah. That's not really special because it's not special to anyone but Herkimer. You know what I mean? So it's like they all have to be somehow tied into this thing. Like, there has to be some reason for them to go there right i don't know what if he's like what if he's like an archaeologist Mm -hmm. but like nobody believes his theories and so he's sort of like following the fact that there's like a team of people who are who may have found the place Mm -hmm. and so then when they're looking for like the monroe kelly character is like we're gonna need somebody to help us because he's like i know where we're at but like I don't know anything about this. Like it, you're you're off yeah. the map, and so they try to find someone, and he's like, "This is my specialty." It's sort of like a dark, like a darkly turned Peter, Peter and Richard. Like they know, like yeah. oh, like that guy's fucking crazy. Like that guy believes that like UFOs built the pyramids. Yeah, and then you meet Which, him. Yep, you know. <laughs> like, but then you meet him. He's like, "UFOs did build the pyramids." <laughs> like, do you think humans could build that? No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. That, that kind of plants him somewhere. I ju- it just felt like they introduced these, like, smaller characters and that they don't have really much 
use in the plot other than to either be dicks or to mm-hmm. like impede the journey that we're supposed to like be on. And so I was just trying to think of ways to clean up this movie because it really needs some. It some needs trimming. help. Yeah. All right. I think we helped it. Uh, I think we helped it with these with these five picks. Let's help it a little bit more with some berry pepper. <laughs> pepper okay. and some pepper. I'm just going to leave it at that. No. <laughs> Guys, where does berry pepper go? Where did you put him? I made him Eddie Ventro, Me Joey too! Pants. Two in a row back to back. Nice. I mean, that's such a stunt cast. Like, yeah. I thought I, as soon as Joey Pants, I, it, it took me half an hour to realize Joey Pants wasn't with them. I was like, does he just leave? <laughs> he just disappears. And then he's not even credited in the movie. No. Weird. Um, well, you know who would get credited? Barry, Barry Pepper. Pepper. Yes. It would be top of his IMDb. Whoa. A talking gorilla. I feel the money hands on the back of my neck going, whoa, whoa, whoa. The only thing I wrote down was that. Uh, it's probably not so far from fiction that some trillion-dollar corporation has a mega-death laser satellite floating out in space somewhere. So, yeah, sleep well, people. And it's powered by diamonds that can only be found in Africa. <laughs> I bet if we tweet this at Trump, he will believe it. He'll be like, we're <laughs> going to have the it. biggest lasers. <laughs> Let's nuke it. Biggest space laser. Um, I'll say this. I think the the end of this movie, when we finally encounter the antagonistic gorillas, is so intense. Mm-hmm. But it's so stupid. It really because is because the gorillas, like it's people are dying, and these are people in gorilla suits. Right. It's it looks ridiculous. It's so dumb. And it, my favorite piece of the very limited trivia on this movie is that there is a like weird. Sort of Berenstein, Berenstein Bears phenomena here. Yes. Where people remember a scene where a gorilla picks up one of the lasers yes. and starts using it. However, it's not in the home release. And the writers have neither confirmed nor denied the existence of this scene. It's like the thing that could disprove the Mandela effect. <laughs> yes, the Mandela effect. Exactly. But nobody will say anything right. about it. It's bananas. The end of the it's movie wild. is the reason I hate this movie for it's so long. Wild. Because I remember being, you know, I was just, I just remember it was the first time sitting there being like, why the fuck are they firing lasers at gorillas? And like, they're in a fucking volcano. Like... I don't like any of these characters. I don't even know why this is happening. Like, nothing here is making sense. And I was so mad I wanted to leave that I was a child and I had to sit there and watch the whole thing. You didn't like it when Amy saves Peter and is like, gorillas, ugly, gorillas. And they look offended. (laughs) You know what, Kenna? I can say with all honesty, no. I did not like that moment. I did not like most moments. I did like the moment where Laura Linney grabs a diamond, shoves it in the gun, and she's like, what is he like? What Put is him that? on the endangered species list. <laughs> he <said> exactly <laughs> like that. He was like, what is that? She was like, the latest in telecommunications. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> pachoo, pachoo. And she makes the pachoo sounds. Um, uh, let, this is my final note. Where do I find... An emergency hot air balloon because I want to put it in my earthquake kit. Uh, Amazon. If this is something that exists, we should all. Where do we all get one? First of all, we should all just be in hot air balloons. Wouldn't the city be so much better if we're all just in hot air balloons flown around? I'm a big believer in dirigibles and returning us to dirigibles. Like if we just had a zeppelin that went from like the beach to Burbank, people would take that shit all the time, all the time. 
You're looking at me like I'm insane because I am insane. Uh, great, guys. We did it. Thanks for joining us this week on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please check us out next week. We have a very great movie in store for you. It's very good. But we don't know what it is yet. Because that's just how these things work. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it'll be awesome. So uh, please tell your friends. Please subscribe. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. And it's really easy. You got time. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this very podcast you don't want it to go away that link is in our description and all over twitter speaking of twitter you can find us on social media at the boot podcast on twitter and at boot podcast on instagram or you can find us individually because green drop drink. at kenna trenton at green drop drink i want my green drop drink okay well i want, I want my green drop drink <laughs> green drop drink now you just became like now rain man um throwing eggs <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I came to rap it up, do my thing. Shabby put me on the gram and a remix thing. Pull Jai Wiley with the Pacino flow. Godfather part two, call me De Niro. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. Disrespect, man, get the slap on the chin. Man, a king in a top bow, Larry, man, a big DJ, Hawks, Megan and Harry. Bossy, man, a bossy. I make your girl melt like a toasty. I'll be this way someday. And I write for myself, no ghosting. Jungle. Tickle oh. me. Tickle me.